Hello friends and industry colleagues. Welcome to another new episode of the Quest for Excellence series, season one, brought to you by Intellectus Consulting. The Quest for Excellence series has now completed three months, featuring 16 rich episodes and interviews with leading industry business leaders of our Indian pharmaceutical industry. This series has received a very warm and enthusiastic response from pharma marketeers, business unit heads, business directors, vice presidents and cluster heads, as well as chief executives and managing directors of pharmaceutical companies. We are extremely gratified and feel humbled by the warm and enthusiastic response that our series has received so far. It's a be, it has been our honest endeavor to raise the standards of marketing excellence in our industry, promote the highest standards of brand building excellence in our industry. And towards this endeavor, we have featured interviews with some of the most respected, well-known and extraordinarily competent business leaders of our industry who've had a fantastic track record of building brands and businesses for the organizations that they have worked with. In our series, our objectives have been very clear, honest and simple. Our objective is to facilitate and promote learning of our brand marketeers in the industry as to what it takes to achieve the highest standards of excellence. And when I mean excellence, it is across the critical five domains, which are brand building excellence, marketing excellence, strategy excellence, leadership excellence, and commercial excellence. Till date, all our business leaders who have come on to our series have had wonderful learnings, anecdotes, and life experiences to share from their own professional journey and enriched all of us in sharing their learnings in the most forthright and candid manner. They were also so open and honest to share not only their successes, but also some of their professional shortcomings and misses, which is always a part and parcel of our careers. It is my pleasure today to bring to you another new episode of the Quest for Excellence series. Today is an episode that I have been personally looking forward to with a great deal of excitement and enthusiasm. And what could be the reason? The reason is the episode features our interaction with one of the most respected marketing gurus or what we call as marketing legends of our pharma industry. He has spent over three and a half decades in the industry across functions of sales, product management, marketing, strategic marketing, and general management and business operations. In his professional journey of three and a half decades, he has built some of the most iconic 
well-recognized brands in the pharmaceutical industry. He brings with him a rich experience of having worked with not only world-class global innovator multinational organizations, but also Indian organizations where his experience has been enriched all the more. Friends, it is my honor and privilege to tell you that our guest for today is Mr. R.S. Vasan, who is the Senior Vice President for Sun Pharma. Mr. Vasan is an industry veteran with over three and a half decades. Many of you who would have heard or known Mr. Vasan would identify him as the gentleman who gave this industry two of the most iconic brands when he was associated with the respective organizations. He's known as the Augmented Man because he launched Augmented way back in the early 90s when he was a brand manager with the erstwhile SmithKline Beecham Pharmaceuticals prior to the merger with Glaxo Welcome. Subsequently, when he joined Janssen Pharma in the early part of 2000s, he launched Ultraset, which became the number one prescribed and selling brand of opioid analgesics in the industry. Mr. Vasan started his career way back in 1985 as a professional service representative with Fullfort India Limited, based out of Chennai. He worked as a PSR for six years and also had a stint in brand management function during those six years in Fulford. In 1992, he had a very short stint with Cadilla Pharma in the product management team, but his real journey in marketing and in the industry took off when he joined Smith Klein Beecham as the brand manager in the product management team in 1994. He had one of the most iconic runs in Smith Klein Beecham, both prior and after the merger with Glaxo Welcome in those nine years where he was associated with powerful brands such as Augmentin and even GSK vaccines. Today, we will get to hear the real story as to what went to be, make such an iconic brand of Augmentin. And I'm looking forward to hearing it personally from Mr. Watson. After a fantastic stint of almost a decade with GSK, he then joined Janssen in 2003, where he was responsible for the primary care business and handled several portfolios in the organization. He was also responsible for strategic marketing and had a stint with Janssen in Australia, where he was driving not only marketing excellence, but business development efforts for the affiliate of Janssen in Australia, in their Sydney office. In 2010, after almost seven years, great work with Janssen, Mr. Watson joined Sun Pharmaceuticals, which is India's number one premier pharmaceutical company. He's had an outstanding stint with Sun Pharma 
for the past 11 years. And he works as the senior vice president for sales and marketing for 10 business units of Sun Pharma, which essentially in comprise of businesses such as gynecology, urology, oncology, and specialty care portfolios, including fertility. The combined turnover of the business is close to 2000 crores and the combined headcount of all the divisions put together is roughly around 2000 people. It is only appropriate to have one of the biggest marketing legends of our industry come on to our show today. And we would want to learn from him as to what it takes to be the best in brand building and in brand marketing. It is not without a reason that Mr. Vasan is known as the augmented man and also in the same breath as the ultra set man by one and all in the industry. In my tenure of 28 years in the industry, I have come across very few highly distinguished and highly accomplished marketing legends of outstanding repute and stature of having not only built large brands, businesses for their organizations, but also very, very successful teams. Mr. Vasan, besides being a wonderful marketeer, is also a wonderful human being, as I've known him personally for over two decades now, and also a very accomplished business leader, having worked with large teams across all the organizations that he has been associated with. It would not be an understatement. It is actually, I would say, truly befitting to say that Mr. Vasan is a marketing institution in himself. So today, I look forward to really enriching not only myself, but also the learnings of all our viewers and listeners of this episode as to what it takes to be one of the best marketeers in product management. Hi. Hi, sir. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. So, How are you? Uh, you had uh, something to say about the photograph, isn't it? Yes. I have already covered that and I kind of done a pre recording before our interaction. Okay. So, you need me to send another uh, photograph? Yes. You can do that later as well. No problem. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Then I will send something. Uh, maybe once yeah. you are done. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's very nice to see you after many years. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks so much for having accepted our invite. Uh, because um, I was really looking forward to you being a part of our series. Uh, because the kind of uh, great knowledge and uh, experience, I had, especially in branding and marketing, 
is something that I wanted, you know, to share with our community of pharma marketers, sir. Yeah. Oh, it's my pleasure, Salaji. In fact, I should tell you that, you know, we know each other for a long time. And I have tremendous uh, respect and regards for you. Uh, you have been uh, one of uh, the champions in the industry. Uh, I know you, uh, you know, the stuff what you have done for uh, uh, diabetes care. And uh, also later on, I think uh, you had a stint, uh, you did a lot of job uh, uh, with respect to the MAPS. Uh, I think yes, it, it, let me care, which is a Janssen brand, yes. Uh, you know, interesting set of products, but uh, then maybe uh, challenging uh, to launch at that time because uh, uh, perhaps the country was not ready, the patients were not ready, but then still uh, made a great inroad. So that way, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, it's my pleasure to be, uh, be in Thank this program. So Thank you so much, sir. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, um, as I mentioned to you in my opening mail to you, um, our series has been a very honest, uh, straight endeavor to promote the standards of marketing excellence uh, in the industry. And uh, towards this endeavor, we invite uh, business leaders, thought leaders who have, you know, had a great track record and who understand what it takes to build brands. So obviously, sir, uh, you feature right up there, having built some of the most iconic brands in our industry. So thank you so much once again on behalf of my organization. It's a great honor, actually, to have you, sir, as one of the senior leaders in our industry. So, sir, if you don't mind, I would like to start a conversation with you because I would like to respect your time. Thank you, first of all, for giving me a Sunday evening when generally it is spent with families. But you have been kind. But I also understand that's the day when you really get time to spend on these initiatives because <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because you're busy, sir. I know it's it's not easy to take time off on a weekday. So my first um, question to you is, as an opener, is um, you spent a phenomenal three and a half decades in the industry, right, across the domains of sales, product management, marketing, business operations, and now you know, as the SVP cluster uh, head for 10 businesses of Sun Pharma. So my first question is, do you get time to pause, reflect and say, oh my God, how are these three and a half decades passed by just like that? So I just thought of asking you, or you just feel, no, it's let, let's go on. How has it been for you, sir? No, I think, uh, good, uh, uh, Salaji, thanks for your kind words, but I should tell you that, uh, uh, you, you know, it has gone off like a breeze. Huh? I just can't realize. Sometimes I look back and uh, it looked like uh, that only yesterday I was there in uh, Madras City uh, carrying my bag and working as a medical rep. So, uh, you know, time has just uh, flown by. There's no uh, doubt about it. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, life is complex. So, uh, you know, I always get inspired by people who do even... Uh, much more complex things and, uh, you know, one needs to stay humble. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's, it's not uh, one's effort alone which takes uh, uh, someone to some position or, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the designation, what you get or whatever. There's a lot of other stuff which go along with that, the right opportunity at the right time and being in the right place at the right time, as I say. So, yes, I think uh, it has been uh, pretty quick. Three and a half decades, I can't uh, believe, but uh, the industry has also changed, evolved uh, quite a lot uh, in this time. I think uh, if I look back and I see, my, when you talk about experience, it's not that uh, what I did in the 90s uh, 
or even early 2000 that is keeping me in my job now uh, actually many of them may become maybe absolutely irrelevant in this context but uh, what is important is to actually sense the change in trend that uh, there is an inflection point there is something that is happening and uh, you adapt yourself you get ready ahead of everybody else uh, once you get that sort of an insight and you see that change earlier than others then i think uh, things keep happening and uh, you survive uh, or maybe thrive in the uh, industry so that's the way i see it. right sir um, um, when you reflect on these three decades it's obvious that a lot has changed as you mentioned uh, in terms of not just the sales function but the marketing and the brand building function so any specific thoughts on how the industry has evolved in these three decades around the brand planning and brand building piece because you have been a very very uh, intimate and a close and a passionate marketer for marketing have you seen this evolution happen and if you could share your thoughts over the last three decades how has it evolved i uh, yeah, very nice uh, you know uh, people say things have changed it is cliche to say that uh, things have uh, changed and i think uh, things do change sometimes a bit slowly but sometimes uh, very rapidly uh, so that has been uh, the part of history you take industrial revolution was a uh, point where uh, things started happening pretty quickly and then countries uh, had to adapt themselves and uh, something recent is about this pandemic which uh, we are all going through or which we have almost successfully transitioned by and large so these are serious inflection points and then we find the life is not the same as it was uh, uh, before you know so if i have to track the pharma industry i think uh, uh, we have come a long way there are a lot of things to be pretty proud about the way the industry has shaped up and uh, in terms of even uh, uh, sheer statistical numbers i think uh, uh, there's about 50 billion dollar uh, industry it is maybe uh, partly the domestic market uh, and uh, partly the exports so the domestic market has grown the exports have grown and uh, we have always been uh, uh you know in the forefront of uh, manufacturing we have got more uh, us fda approved plants than uh, any other country in the world other than the us so you know industry has grown uh, phenomenally in terms of size and uh, uh, you know we are we are a formidable force uh, uh, that way indian pharma now when i see particularly the selling aspect the marketing aspect the uh, formulations uh you see uh, you know uh, when we were out there in the field in 1980s uh, you know we used to say uh, this is the first time in india we are launching a particular product maybe an antibiotic antihistamine uh, whatever but uh, you would find that this product actually in the us it has been launched even 10 years 15 years back and we will still say that this is the first time in india so you know there is a huge gap you know and then uh, in when we went into the 90s uh, this sort of uh, gap started shrinking so earlier you know it was like uh, today if i see uh, you know if you have a cycle companies used to have a cycle of uh, say uh, two months or sometimes even three months and a few companies maybe had at that time uh, a monthly cycle so that means a cycle when i mean that you are supposed to visit all your customers the rep is supposed to visit all his uh, Uh, customers in the list within that particular uh, period so you launch a product uh, say uh, first of april some of the customers in the list may actually come to know about the product only 60 days after you launch it 
technically and uh, you know they were patient they were waiting and some of them they, they gave a lot of time to us to listen to the product and uh, you know talk about it leave samples and then you meet him after another 30 45 days or maybe even sometimes 60 days and you will ask for a feedback even remember you will say oh yeah i remember last time you had given me i've tried in a few patients or he will give you a feedback so that is that was the pace in the 80s so then we went to 90s this gap uh, shrunk and uh, then we saw a lot of uh, molecules being launched uh, with uh, you know the foreign uh, speaker symposia what you typically call international uh, speaker uh, programs uh, what they call isp now so you have a key opinion leader who have done trials with the product he would come into the country go to various places and then talk about his experience and then the indian doctors would uh, listen with rapt attention and then uh, they'll start prescribing it was still uh, slow and uh, then when you come into the uh, i think the notice the 2000 and later i think internet changed a lot of things needless to say the internet penetration went up and uh, that was the time around 2003 2004 etc you find that actually the message was reaching faster than the messenger if you take uh, the company appointed uh, uh, sales guys as the messenger the message had already reached the doctor you know because uh, he knew that what you are talking about what product has uh, come out in the market and the perceptions about the brand was formed even before uh, you know you you met him uh, so it's no longer an introduction but uh, you have to manage his perception whether it may be good in some places uh, because he says ah, i know this product you know it works faster or uh, at times uh, he may say that no i know this product but uh, it's a damn good product but it has got uh, hepatotoxicity you know Uh, something of that kind so then you know it's a different ball game so you need to either strengthen the perception if it is uh, the right one or if you find that it is slightly misaligned you need to actually get him aligned to what uh, the real uh, evidence is and what it says and all that so it became a different uh, uh, ball game altogether but then when you got you know in the last 10 years you see plethora of companies plethora of uh, Uh, brands you know you got the, uh, the companies even like uh, hetros msn uh, shilpa vidyas printen all these companies can trouble the big uh, uh, multinationals or even the you know leading indian companies so you have to be far more agile all of them have come in there is multi branding strategy uh, you know you want to dominate the therapy then you want to you know you, you look at the patent scenario and then you want to have a patent busting strategy so it has become far more complex today uh, in terms of uh, the the brand that are being launched and the complexity it creates multiple brands and uh, you know yeah it looks like a madhouse but then uh, i still believe that there is a lot of meaning to this madness and if one can up their game and play smartly uh, it can throw up uh, winners so that's the way i see the progress Thank you, sir. I mean, that's interesting comment because you actually kind of preempted my second next question because um, complexity can either bring in chaos or it can bring in a lot of uh, fast-paced changes where people, you know, tune themselves to meet those changes and challenges. So, in your assessment, uh, has anything evolved for the better, especially in brand marketing, brand planning, as or is anything? not evolved as per the expectations is there something that you have noted sir in these all these years so i would say what has evolved uh, for the better in those days you know we used to have a, a brand plan or a marketing plan 
which was done uh, a couple of months before the beginning of the year. If you are a multinational, then typically Jan December was your year. So you get busy by around say July August, and uh, uh, from your headquarter you get everything finalized by around September October, and you are ready. And uh, then you go and execute it. So similarly, if you are working in an Indian company, then maybe April March was the year, so you get busy, and uh, you wrap up everything by around uh, say February or uh, March latest. Uh, so and then that used to be the operating manual. So this is what I want to do, and uh, it used to be a large uh, sort of a uh, hundred-page uh, docket or something. But then right. things have become, uh, you know, like today if you see, uh, yeah, there is still an operating uh, code, but we don't make uh, such a big, uh, large, uh, uh, you know, dockets any longer uh, because uh, you know we 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 know what we want to do. Uh, and uh, we know uh, why we want to do what we want to do. We know where to resource, how much to resource, and we also keep it flexible. You know, a little bit. Uh, we need to be agile because things change. Uh, you know, pretty rapidly. As I told you, in those days, you know, like you have a, a brand uh, or a plan. So about a product or about uh, whatever, you know, the therapy, new treatment options. Uh, in uh, say 30 years back or something, or even 20 years back. Uh, it, it, the perceptions didn't change widely within, uh, say, one year or uh, one and a half years. Whereas now, uh, you know, a trial which comes out to say that, uh, you know, it is uh, very good in terms of increasing survival uh, rate, say, you know, for an oncology product or it causes some, uh, you know, cardiac toxicity, whatever it is, then things change very quickly. Then you have to have your next batsman padded up. You know, how are you going to manage the situation? And you need to change your batting order, resource, something else. So we still have an operating manual, but we are our eyes and ears are far more open. You know, we are alert, and uh, we keep. Uh, so we are able to sense the doctor's thinking and get insights uh, far more, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, quickly, and then uh, alter ourselves accordingly. And where things are pretty uh, flat and there is no much change, then we continue with the plan. So that's a big change. You know, it's it's just maybe. A set of 20 slides make a marketing plan uh, today and you know what the key issues are. So uh, you don't go and start from what is the structure and, uh, uh, you know, all the history of it. Sir, um, there is a question which I was always wanting to ask you because this is something people have different perspectives. And so coming from a industry veteran like you would probably add a very rich, uh, you know, dimension to this question. When you started your career in way back in 85, you were a medical rep, PSR in Fulford and Chennai, and then you got into brand management. I'm sure that the learnings of the sales function, call planning, making calls, convincing customers have stood instead for you for the next 30 years of your life in marketing. My question is two parts. One is, if you can reflect and say, what were those learnings you took into the job of marketing from that sales? And second thing, sir, today, for the last 10 years or so, product managers, when they come in fresh, freshly minted MBAs from B schools or from the sales function or whatever, they don't have that much, I would say, liking or you know feel for sales management. And they want to their own would they see that the sales piece of you know experience is not necessary and i find that even when with the young crop 
what's your message don't you think this is important or do you feel no the changing times are like this so we live with this what is your take on or what's your position sir i just want to know sir actually salaj is a very interesting question and maybe a sensitive one also but i'll give my frank <laughs> opinion on this very sensitive you are absolutely right you know uh, it is not any longer uh, that uh, you know guys see that okay i have come into marketing i have done my mba but then uh, you know do i need to do a sales stint you know i think uh, that's not the right thinking uh, it's not because i have a, a sales background initially when i started out it's not so because you take big uh, companies you take uh, the unilevers of this world or even uh, those days when blackso was uh, dominating the indian uh, pharma industry for uh, the three decades uh, you know uh, guys used to have a sales stint necessarily and uh, you know you particularly you are thrown into some difficult markets uh, uh, like uh, uttar pradesh bihar or wherever it is and then uh, you you understand the mechanics of how business is uh, done at the ground level so uh, I, that is how it has been always you know uh, uh, with the big companies which have made it to the top uh, i think whether it is consumer or pharma i think uh, this has been pretty much the uh, sort of a norm that uh, Uh, you need to have a sales responsibility uh, and maybe uh, you know a sales marketing responsibility uh, then it is very good then you reach uh, the top and you reach uh, uh, to become a ceo so this was very very crucial now that that is a fact now why this is very important is what i want to actually emphasize it is important for the company and it is also important for the individual because largely particularly pharma industry if you take it is largely actually a people oriented industry or a people based industry you know that's what we all say why why we say it's a people oriented industry because we employ large number of people so companies today if you see you know they employ people in thousands you know in the in the field and uh, every day there are decisions being taken you know uh, your front line manager takes a decision uh, your second line manager your third line your, your nsm everybody keeps taking it's not like it's on an uh, autopilot mode uh, all the time you know uh, you need to intervene you need to call, take calls take decisions uh, uh, to move on you know how do i win that customer how do i get more prescriptions so what happens today uh, is that if you don't have the experience and uh, you come out uh, of uh, the school which is very good because you have got uh, structured learning you understand uh, uh, the various nuances and all that but then uh, you know we tend to think at times what i design here what i develop here uh, is what my communication is what actually is making a big difference to the brand and uh, that is what is giving me uh, increased share uh, yeah it can but the communication or what is developed at the head office here by the marketing team with no uh, sort of uh, not to uh, uh, you know demean that it is very important uh, but beyond that there are a lot of other things you know the, uh, as as uh, as the saying goes you know uh, the the worst of strategies uh, if uh, implemented uh, can get uh, still some results but uh, the best of strategies without any implementation gives you no results so what happens i see this what is happening is something like a laboratory type of a thing where you say that this is what i am going to create and this is what i am going to do for my product but when it is thrown in the actual real world out there there are so many other factors which come in 
So some of them are, you know, how uh, much time you get with your doctor, how smartly the competitors are trying to knock uh, time. And, uh, you know, today you've got the card system to meet a doctor. You need to drop your card much early. Doctors constraints. And uh, in meeting reps, uh, we talk about RCPA. And, uh, you know, quite literally you tell me, to do a very good RCPA, you need to spend at least 15, 20 minutes uh, with the chemist before every call. So you need yeah. those constraints are there. And, uh, you know, the distribution constraints are there. So, so many things are there. So if, if you don't get a first-hand uh, experience or understanding of all these things and you design a strategy, strategy may be great, but is it fitting into the context in the limited time that is given and with all these other, uh, uh, you know, complexities that go along with that, uh, you know, you may lose out on that. So that's why then you get fully rounded up, you are both. Right. Sir, just for, I would like to continue on this thread for just a couple, a minute sure. or more sure. too, because sure. you have raised some fantastic points and thank you for actually sticking your neck out and saying that yes, sales experience is important because pharma marketing and selling is not the same as an FMCG or standardized selling. It is more because the customer is involved, he's sophisticated, we need to message him as you rightly said. What is your take, sir? Uh, do, do you think that the person should immerse himself totally in the sales function or he does this, you know, regional adoption or geographies or markets that they adopt, you know, companies ask brand managers to adopt regions, go for four days, five days a month. Is that helpful or do you feel he should go and immerse himself at least for one year, learn the nuances? What's your take, sir? Just... I, I think, uh, yeah, Salaji has this knack of, uh, you know, hitting the controversial points, but... Uh... I would uh, still say, give my take, huh, very frankly. Absolutely, uh, your independent opinion, sir. Yeah. See, 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 I can always say something is better than nothing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, if you seriously ask me, getting an MBA out and then saying that for six months you do a field stint, for one year you do a field stint and then you will be absorbed at HO, I think that's not the right way to go about it. Huh? Because uh, it's okay. It's, I, as I told you again, Something is better than nothing. And we have to see that if the, if the whole lot feels like, uh, you know, why do I go and slug it out in the market and does it really uh, help me? Then we have limited options. We have to think very creatively of how yes. this can uh, be got done because if people come with a mindset or maybe we need to tell them that, yeah, you can, they can be treated well, treated uh, better, uh, maybe because of their background, education and all that. Maybe they can be put in better hotels and uh, better in terms of travel, etc. But then that really doesn't uh, serve the purpose because they feel like, look, I'm here to actually, you know, my, my destination is head office and I'm here to just serve a time period. But then, uh, you know, uh, this target breathing on your neck month on month and achievement of those uh, target, those numbers uh, uh, month on month and then coming out a winner. That has a different feeling altogether, you know. That unless you go through that with the responsibility, you don't get uh, into the thick of the action. Number one. Now, uh, giving a brand manager some region to manage and it's okay, it's good. Uh, but uh, your, uh, you know, neck is not on the block. Like uh, typically, uh, you you know, sales is like playing fast bowling. You know, uh, if I have to use a cricketing analogy, so uh, it's good. Uh, yeah, you learn something, you understand, but primarily it is your regional manager or your zonal manager who is running the show there. So you can support him, you can go and work in the field, but then how do you manage a team? 
there are so many complexities you know phones go off and the uh, sales numbers have to come you have to call up hr and give your final figures and somewhere uh, you know invoicing is stopped and uh, somewhere uh, somebody is uh, missing uh, uh, your team member or somewhere somebody has delivered more and is asking like look uh, i have got so much more to invoice you tell me where do i stand do you need my help etc etc these are whole lot of things you know which actually you manage like an, it's like a, you call the sales army you know you can't you are you are if you want to have an army experience you need to go to the battlefield and fight so even for a duration of say a couple of years uh, uh, you you do this job actually you know and do it well uh, then i think you gain far more than uh, the sort of uh, uh, touching the uh, just the uh, you know peripheries Uh, and uh, doing the role. I don't right, know. I know. Uh, that's my view. Huh? Absolutely, sir. No, no. I I know you have been a very straight and a candid person. That's why I wanted to ask your thoughts around this. And thank you so much for actually putting out your view, which is a clear message to our marketers and our audience that there is no substitute for sales experience, as you rightly said. Second, you always believe that a full immersion sales stint is obviously far more enriching. and wisening as compared to just doing a part time sales job with probably lesser accountability towards the whole results you know and that could be the reason sir i completely agree with you thanks for that sir i move to the second part of our conversation where you you know um, when you got into marketing and you had a great ride uh, starting you know around 2003 in the erstwhile smith klein beecham which was considered to be one of the most powerful marketing organizations at that time because i i remember i had started my career then in 1994 freshly minted out from the b school and beecham was one of the most respected and you know go to organizations for marketing and in that organization sir you built some of the most fantastic brands which are still iconic brands for uh, the industry even today something like augmenten which i think has been a classic marketing uh, case study for all of us in the industry so being so closely associated sir and this entire uh, series being on marketing uh, excellence i would request you to share your thoughts your learnings around the augmenten you know pre launch post launch learnings and experience that you had in building this brand sir and what would be the learnings that you would like to pass to the marketers of today's generation looking at those such beautiful launches that you've had a couple of decades ago so that's my request to you oh, very uh, very very nice uh, uh, telegy of you once again uh, just if you permit me no i just wanted to complete my answer for my previous question just a please please sir what i wanted please to say was the same way you know a sales guy who is also aspiring to be a, a bo head can uh, also do a marketing stint it is not uh, like you know Uh, today you can take uh, online courses you can take part time courses or whatever you know and uh, come come to head office and do a job of uh, managing the brand so then you get uh, a wider perspective so it works both ways i just wanted to complete my answer by saying because uh, saying this because at ho when you work you have got the big picture you know what the senior management is looking at their vision how they want to take it forward uh, this therapy area this brand etc and also you got access to a lot of data you got uh, typically called the ims data the smsrc data whatever you got prescription audit you got so many other market research agencies working with you so not maybe the bright sales guys who have got a penchant for uh, marketing can be given this stint and put in uh, uh, ho as well so it works both ways you know and then you yes. get fully rounded off uh, uh, you know sales marketing personal or be you head 
uh, otherwise you know this uh, divide keeps uh, uh, happening and it's not good you know from it's it's, oh, it's not good for the uh, industry now coming back to what you asked about uh, my stint uh, uh, in smith klein bcm and then uh, gsk yeah I, I, you know uh, long ago but i would tell you certain things don't change uh, you know certain things don't change with the time and those uh, principles are still valid first is uh, you know when you take and launch an antibiotic uh, of that kind what you mentioned you know first thing is to uh, uh, estimate the market opportunity so i think uh, we, we have to estimate it correctly and that goes to uh, you know when, when how do you define a market say i i am very uh, disturbed when people say that you know my market size is so much uh, these many crores or uh, uh, you know i think that's not the way to define then they say i have a direct market i have an indirect market i think market you when you define it's uh, a set of patients who are having a similar set of problems or suffering for which your uh, drug can actually offer a solution you know maybe a drug can offer solution better than uh, whatever else is there in the market today so once you define the market like that then you are taking your eyes away Uh, from what is the size of the market that comes later so then you classify all these uh, people together you know like uh, people who are suffering from respiratory tract infections people who are suffering from uh, otitis media children who are suffering from otitis media then you say that there are so many cases of bronchitis bronchiectasis the acute exacerbation of chronic bronchitis or uh, uh, pharyngitis laryngitis otitis whatever it is then you say that okay this could be the size and what are the uh, products used there and you find that these are the products used there and then you say that in what way your product is superior to something else that is uh, uh, offered in the market today and also understand the limitations of your brand versus the others don't try to push hard try and sell and say that look you know this is uh, just uh, the uh, next uh, best thing to uh, you know since uh, sliced bread uh, if i can put it that way so don't don't try to overdo so once you understand this then you see that uh, uh, you know what is the value it is offering for which what price can be uh, uh, reasonably commanded and uh, so if i put everything together i think it starts from there so who are the sufferers what do they need which uh, your product can offer uh, in terms of a solution uh, what they are looking for and in what way it is better than the existing stuff and at what price you can have it once you get this right because this would determine what amount of resources you are going to plow in behind the brand uh, you know so like for example you take an antibiotic you always say that those days you know they used to say that this is a premium antibiotic or uh, this is an antibiotic which is just in the quinolone category and competes with other quinolones then it 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 then came into you know within the quinolone we compete within a ciprofloxacin or a not processing or within uh, similarly cephalosporins whatever you know i am competing within the second generation cephalosporins i think those don't do justice to the uh, brand uh, what we are talking so what we need to do is yes this is for respiratory tract infection this has got these advantages it is a resistance fighter it has got potassium clavulanate and uh, you know i am going to focus my communication on clavulanate potassium so first is you estimate uh, your market correctly you resolve it accordingly because you have estimated it well uh, and then uh, now you get uh, why to use this because it is a resistance fighter then you decide what is the awareness of uh, uh, you know resistance in the uh, in the 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 uh, doctors uh, 
group whom you are reaching out to and uh, what all you need to do what are the uh, dots you need to connect before you make a case what evidence you can bring to their table to say that this problem is much more than what you think and then how it offers a solution so then by that time you are slowly getting into strategizing communication and all this is fine and then finally your field force your execution their energy enthusiasm i think all these things went right uh, for the brand what you are talking you know from the market estimation so we never said that we always thought that this should be the biggest antibiotic in the country from day one when uh, uh, you know the brand was launched by the uh, erswell smith klein bgm it said that this should be the biggest brand because that is what it was in most parts of the world and uh, now you say that this is a logical successor to amoxicillin uh, but in india we had another uh, handicap though it was a logical successor to amoxicillin but the price was 10 times more than amoxicillin and we had already the Uh, latest macrolides and the uh, latest second and even third generation cephalosporins in the market already. So it was a slightly tricky scenario because we were a little late uh, when we came in '94 uh, with the product. But then you sort all these things out, and then you get uh, your story right, and then uh, you go. Uh, you know, and in terms of planning, I think you need to have a broader view. You can't plan for a, a quarter, or uh, you know, you need to have at least. Uh, a broad plan for two years but always you know look being agile to keep it flexible and then do those uh, uh, iterations wherever required so that is the way we went about and then uh, you know you have some story to the field every time doctor then after sometimes starts asking what is new so you do have something new you know uh, you should have something new or at least uh, even if there is nothing uh, earth shaking that is coming out you then uh, at least try to wrap up uh, in a new uh, gift wrapper and say that Uh, you know something of interest at least the rep gets interested or you can have a new type of a demonstration within the doctor's clinic so these things i think we got it right and then uh, uh, getting all the uh, you know support functions etc to uh, you know the product manager actually if you ask me celegy uh, he is a key guy he should uh, show enthusiasm drive he can't throw in the towel at any time he should be seen as a guy who is actually Uh, you know running around to get this product you know whether it is about uh, uh, getting the stocks on time or uh, uh, you know procurement manufacturing uh, distribution and then of course marketing is the managing director of the product so to say then of course big brands are built right sir uh, continuing on the augmented story i remember uh, in the initial launch phase i and please correct me if i am wrong um you also had a very great outlook that you will not spread yourself too thin across because generally what happens is brand managers they tend they might tend to get greedy let's try and grab share from all the indications all the doctor specialties surgeons you know ent specialists gynecologists but i think you were very focused as a brand and said we will just go around 20 25 doctors in a red territory we will focus only on the top two lead in run indications and build them and consolidate it well and then expand it that i think was also a reason for your brand success sir no no absolutely telechi uh, you know good you brought this out yes uh, so we didn't want to spread it thin uh, uh, in terms of indications you know it was very good with uh, skin and soft tissue infection was very good in urinary tract infections but always in urinary tract infections you had got the quinolones already there in the market and floxacillin was doing a very good job as far as uh, uh, you know floxacillin combinations were doing a very good job as far as uh, most of the uh, skin and soft tissue infections were concerned so uh, we said now we'll stick only to respiratory similarly 
uh, in the uh, field, we said that we want the test at least ENTs uh, uh, with the support from microbiologists uh, and maybe the intensivist for uh, the uh, IV uh, uh, version of the product. Uh, pediatricians, we want only these select doctors, maybe initially we started with 25, maybe we made it 35. So we wanted to have a set of hardcore committed prescribers uh, before we expanded. Now, the thing is, people will ask, how relevant is that today? Because today brands are being launched by so many companies at the same time. If you are exclusive in the market, augmenting that way was lucky because we had about uh, yeah, almost 18 months of exclusivity uh, since the time Smithline Beecham launched it uh, uh, before somebody else hit the market. But today you don't have that luxury. I am not the only guy who is uh, actually controlling the market. There are so many. I don't go to some specialty of doctors, but somebody else may go and then uh, uh, sell there and then it will be too late for me to go there and expand. So it's, it's not, it's not uh, easily, uh, you can't replicate it in today's context. I fully have, I, I understand that. But however, certain things don't change, as I told you. First is, I think today what is important is uh, you, you need to be the first in the market. Now, uh, that is means you need to understand and identify this opportunity much quicker. That there is, again, that, see, the ball will come back to the court of marketing, whichever way. You are supposed to be very close to your customers. You should know what are the problems he's struggling with, the pain points. And then you know there's an opportunity for this sort of a product. You go back and tell your business development team that I want, uh, I think this is a gap in their practice as far as uh, uh, this uh, condition is concerned. So then you start developing the product. So you should be the first to hit the market. So there again, you know, it is, it is, it is, it is actually the flow, uh, uh, the reverse flow, you know, uh, from, from marketing, they get insights back. It goes all the way to the R&D to develop and come back on uh, uh, time with the product. Now, then you price the product sensibly. So you price the product sensibly. Uh, uh, so you, you, you know, ultimately, you know, how much of data product is, uh, unless people can afford, uh, there is no point. Uh, so then what you need to do is we need to stay on the scientific quotient. Uh, we, should, uh, the, the, we should be the lead company, the lead brand in terms of uh, the scientific uh, quotient. You know, on all that I'm going to share about this product uh, in terms of data, evidence, not only now at the time of launch, but as I go through further three months, six months from now, how am I going to expand the set of indications? What new trials I'm going to initiate now? That's okay. You can do, you know, every trial can't be a, a double-blind, randomized clinical uh, trial, you know, controlled studies, uh, which gets uh, reviewed in a high-impact peer-reviewed journal. Can't be so. But there is something called real-world evidence, you know. Uh, so you, you, you need to have a plan entirely and stay on top so that when a doctor reaches out, you know, he thinks, oh, I need to know something about this brand, what you launched today. It should be your company, your brand, uh, that, he, that should come to his mind first and uh, your team, uh, which he would call to understand. As long as uh, one does that consistently uh, and be alert, you know, uh, then I think uh, you, you create brand leaders. Uh, and if you have got already some sort of a hold in the therapy, it becomes all the more easy because you are already there and the chances are he will come back to you and you know the customer, you are already familiar. So uh, what I would like to say is, uh, yes, it's not the same thing as it was uh, in those days unless uh, you have exclusivity today. But at the same time, uh, being there first to launch, launching at a competitive price, in, uh, you know, uh, infusing your field force uh, 
to take it forward creative inputs creative communication meaningful communication to the customer would make the customer come back to you and ask more so once you have achieved that you needn't bother you know you know uh, then you you are not actually talking about uh, direct competition you know you are talking about only indirect competition because you want to expand the market as a leader you are looking at how i can grab share from another molecule which is uh, holding a larger share so that is how i'll put it for today's context oh that, that's really very nice of you sir i think you have kind of outlined kind of a template for the understanding of marketers as to what goes into a successful brand launch right and what i really liked about your very forthright comment is the market size estimation because everybody wants to play safe and secure that i will define my market by the avax data or the iqvr data of penicillin's market but no it is in terms of the patient sufferers of the disease because that is what it is uh, as a category okay. any antibiotic can be used sir i think that's a very good message because this is what we try and when we coach our clients brand managers this is the basic problem in understanding because they are so focused on that particular category you know that defined market you know the represented rpm their whole life goes around rpm rather than seeing it from the patient burden or the disease burden i think thank you so much for saying that it's important but you have got to think strategically as a marketer as to what are the disease pool or the patients available sir it's very nice of you to accord it apart from of course those old tenets which i uh, agree with you he has to drive it with a lot of fire passion do the right light kind of positioning go to the right set of customers etc and work with you thank you so much sir so i had one question and obviously you when you move from uh, after a fantastic of nine years including launching vaccines you moved into an american kind of environment like janssen right where you handled again class classic launches like ultraset which today again is a leader in the tramadol category any differences in european versus american kind of branding processes or everything is the same strategic outlook is the same any differences sir just i thought of asking you see again it's a very interesting question i think balaji uh, i i think you yourself you are an expert here you have worked in an european company you have worked in an american company but i'll tell you first before getting into this question straight uh, like whether it is european or american i think uh, if you trace back in history over the last uh, 50 years multinationals in india have uh, had uh, different phases you know sometimes uh, they were dominating the market sometimes they went into a lull and then they came back uh, with uh, they got enthused with this uh, patent scenario opening up and all that and then uh, you know today if you see that uh, uh, clearly uh, uh, you know it's it's just a fragile presence in the country so uh, so that also determines uh, you know it's not strictly being an uh, american or european it also that also determines how much your uh, parent company is interested uh, in your local market on the way they operate so uh, clearly the competition with the china is always there china is a very very big market and far more lucrative uh, better prices and better coverage uh, uh, in terms of patients insurance and all that so these factors are also there but having said this broadly speaking if i see now uh this is my experience uh, gsk uh, uh the the uh, i would say the new gsk and uh, smithland beach where i worked were far more centralized you know maybe not the old black so you know they had a lot of uh, uh, liberty with the indian operation and uh, uh, you know you could suit yourself to the market and launch products but uh, when uh, i am not saying necessarily that is the right way to do it is good in many ways but certain times uh, the 
uh, getting things centralized also helps, particularly if you are talking about a global uh, brand, you know, how to have consistency in message and also training programs. We had a very good uh, training programs like the marketing leadership program or the sales leadership program, which runs across uh, countries. And you always say that, you know, there is a, 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 a Smith Klein Beecham way of doing it or a, a, you know, GSK way of doing it and all that. So I found that uh, it was it was more centralized with the new GSK and uh, uh, the Smith Klein Beecham uh, business. So uh, that's the way it was. Whereas, uh, you know, uh, J and J, when I see, uh, I think uh, uh, it has to do also uh, that it was American, uh, but it was far more decentralized. You know, far more decentralized, and uh, a lot was expected uh, from the local management and uh, in terms of you know the entrepreneurship to uh, you know run your show. Uh, but however, within the J and J framework, you know. Uh, so uh, there was only actually amongst J and J is a conglomerate of so many companies uh, all put together even globally uh, into various uh, spaces. Uh, some even uh, the insiders of J and J wouldn't know that it's a J and J company. Uh, but uh, then they are all tied up with one uh, credo. That's what happens. It just credo tries uh, all these companies together. But for that, it is pretty much uh, uh, pretty loosely defined. So. Uh, yeah, so there are advantages and there are, uh, uh, you know, uh, somewhere disadvantages as well, uh, because uh, in uh, when it is centralized, I think there is far more uh, uh, ownership uh, in terms of uh, the uh, Indian entity, you know, there are somebody uh, sitting with you together to understand, because uh, ultimately, whether it is American or European, the parent uh, uh, company, you know, their interest matters. So uh, that is the advantage with centralization. But somewhere it can come, uh, it can become restrictive because uh, uh, it curbs your entrepreneurial uh, spirit. You know, you want to run your show here, you want to run your business. So somewhere it comes in between. So definitely, yes, there is a difference uh, between uh, uh, the way uh, the, um, the Europeans operated and the way the American companies operated. But uh, interestingly, I just wanted to share this uh, with you uh, on this occasion. If you see, you know, largely in many fields, actually Europeans, maybe because they ventured out, uh, you know, you take Cadbury's. It was always uh, uh, bigger than now, you know, it is Mondelez, but then, uh, uh, you know, it was the bigger uh, company. You, you a, 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 ABB, Siemens, uh, were Siemens. far better known than uh, Caterpillar. Uh, yes. You know, even yes. otherwise you take, uh, uh, even today, even in pharma, you know, always traditionally, uh, your Hext uh, or uh, Russell, uh, these were actually, uh, you know, far more uh, known in India, Bain, Becker, than a, a Lilly or a BMS. Uh, yeah. You know, the American companies, I don't know, for long, they have not shown much interest. Say Pfizer, Pfizer has been there for long, but I don't see uh, too many of the American companies really making it, uh, making a big dent then. But then now, with things opening up, and if you see, in the last couple of decades, a lot of American companies in other fields like Google, Apple, uh, you know, Microsoft, all of them have made it big in India, GE. So, you know, that has driven uh, uh, a lot of interest. So they understand the market uh, better. But when it comes to pharma, this is what, it is, this is what the uh, difference I see. And uh, again, as I told you, it's not like, uh, uh, it's not a thick line. It depends on various other factors, various other context. Today, if you see multinationals in the whole, I think uh, really their commitment to the Indian market is uh, questionable. Okay. 
Uh, thanks for your position, sir. I just wanted to hear that out as to what were the differences because you have worked across both American and European multinationals. I just wanted to hear that out. Sir, I come to the third part of our conversation, which is devoted to strategic marketing excellence. And this is something of a subject I know is close to your heart. So I want to ask you a couple of questions and your invite your views around it. Um, first question straight off the bat, because you love cricket is, are you happy with the standards of marketing in the industry today? I mean, the, the kind of marketers who handle brands, is it strategically managed? Is there a marketing excellence ethos? And do people really think long-term in terms of brand building? That's my first question to you, sir, because you have seen the evolution and, and you know, you see you've been committed to the old school, but you also realize that there is a new way of marketing. But what's your general take on this? Is there a you know commitment to the process of marketing excellence? And my second question, sir, is uh, I don't know how you see it. When I, I've worked inside the industry, now I look at it outside in. Brand managers of the current generation, you know, whether he has five years or seven years or even 10 years, I'm quite surprised to find that when it comes to critical aspects of thinking on the brand, like, you know, life cycle management, pre-marketing, you know, pricing strategy, doing insights mining, they're found wanting, sir. They don't think deeply enough. Is my view, but I don't want to thrust it on you. What's your take on this, sir? Is it a cause of concern? And do you, what is your view? Is that, does it require addressal, sir? I just thought of asking you this. I know. Uh, again, it's a very sensitive question, but, uh, you know, Kaleji, you have been doing a great job for the young marketeers out there. So, you know, that's our interest. You know, it's not uh, uh, to be critical of uh, anything uh, uh, that happened before or that is happening now. Because good things happen all the time, you know. Uh, so, uh, so uh, what I would say is, uh, I would say uh, in certain aspects, uh, uh, I think uh, currently there are certain things which uh, people are lacking, uh, which uh, they fail to see, uh, which were seen by the previous generation of uh, marketeers. But in certain aspects, you know, uh, today we are far better as well. So we have actually adapted uh, to the new environment. As I told you, today it is a far more complex game. You know, it is moving from test matches to T20 cricket, you know. So, uh, you know, it's a far more complex game, multitude of companies, a lot more uh, serious competition, and your pecking order can get, uh, uh, you know, changed uh, pretty soon. So, I would say what has actually uh, uh, got better over a period of time. I would say, I think today, uh, in terms of innovation, we are very good when it comes to uh, R&D, uh, innovative, uh, you know, I say incremental innovation, uh, products with uh, some sort of uh, differential uh, somewhere which we, uh, in technology, which we, particularly Indian companies have done that very well, uh, to go and talk to the doctor and say that, look, this is an advantage and, uh, uh, you know, that, that's something which is good and uh, you don't dump the product just because, you know, it has passed its life cycle. We all know that, you know, this product life cycle is also uh, is in somebody's mind, you know, your brands don't die, brands uh, live on, you know, it's, it's because human mind is discerning, it will, it will, it will come in some form or the other, uh, uh, you know, you can reinvent, uh, uh, so even in a generic market, uh, when you say a generic market, the company becomes a brand, you still choose, you can choose some company versus the other, they market a lot of uh, products together, uh, for a minute, if you go away from, uh, 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 
pharma you know you still have a set of products under google but you know only google and uh, you have a set of products under apple but you know it's an apple product you know so so the company actually becomes much bigger than the individual uh, uh, branded product so somewhere branding will always have its role now uh, now again coming back uh, so today if you see companies have uh, adapted in terms of uh, customer centricity uh, also has improved you know people know a lot about uh, uh, the customer in terms of actual details the multiple faces he practices what is his like dislikes how do i reach him and uh, how do i service the customer and uh, you know uh, he, almost every customer is tracked uh, in terms of very 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 closely in terms of uh, uh, you know how often i reach salesforce effectiveness has improved uh, the metrics to measure that has improved how do i uh, what returns i am getting from a, a customer and do i actually shuffle my list and all this stuff we have improved uh, but having said that where i think uh, uh, where we are sorely missing is uh, you know to still get deep insights about the therapy and to and to get you know you need to really uh, sometimes i feel very sad you know i go to a conference and i find uh, most of the brand managers and the marketing today team today is standing outside you know in the reception area in the stall but i think uh, uh, somebody should be there inside the stall you know apart from the medical uh, people from the company the marketing guys should be inside the hall and uh, uh, you know they should be attending uh, sessions to understand the real challenges what the doctors are facing in their practice and uh, uh, you know you get a lot of insights and uh, you know those days there were not so many happening today you can organize one at a uh, you know in in the western suburbs you can have a, a, a sort of a small dgm in mumbai you can have one for central suburbs you can have uh, you know webinars you can reach out and get a group of doctors to discuss on a subject for just say uh, one hour you know it's not like you need to uh, thanks to the uh, digitization it's not like somebody has to take out two three hours and leave his practice and come and then discuss so you have so many opportunities to uh, uh, you know interact but while the hospitality and uh, the uh, sort of event management the show should go on administratively well managed but also what is very important is listen to the customer it's an opportunity huge opportunity you are getting to listen to your customers voice on the issues they are facing when they treat their patients what is working what is not working be discerning we think that we go and tell something about our product to the doctor and he has accepted Uh, yes, everything. Yes, yes, yes. No, not so. He may not tell. Uh, he or she may not tell you that uh, this is the problem with this molecule. But then they know. So then you know you draw these insights, and then base your strategy based on these insights. And then you check out again after a few months whether it is working okay. Or do you need to course correct and all that? I think that part we are missing. There is this huge rush to do campaigns. You know. Absolutely. and sometimes you know there's this campaign mania so you take a product and we are not selling biscuits and soft drinks that uh, uh, you know i need to i they have you know pepsi or coke is a color drink so you need to run through campaign we are we are talking about science the highest uh, form of science uh, pharmaceutical uh, science medical science and so you try to understand that you try to uh, draw knowledge from that and uh, uh, yeah uh, to an extent it offers uh, uh a lot of creativity as well you can without uh, uh, twisting the facts you can still put your communication in a very creative manner keeping the patient in mind 
Uh, you can do all that. You know, this is what it solves. But then, I think more than uh, creating noise, you know, what is important is the core message. In what way this brand is solving your problem or your patient's problem. I think that part, I think we should get sharper. So that is where I think uh, maybe because we are launching too many products, but then when you are launching too many products as well, you know, you 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 know, your tiger is different from a, a cat. You know, you should know whether your uh, <laughs> it's a, a kitten or a cub. You know, so then you feed them accordingly. Absolutely. So I, I think a lot more has to go in terms of, as you rightly said, Sailaji, in terms of uh, thinking, in terms of planning, planning ahead. For which again, it will come back to understanding. Not only the uh, you know the customer's practice, doctor's practice, uh, uh, but also understanding the limitations in his practice. You know, it's not a Western world where you know everything is reimbursed. You know, you have got issues in terms of uh, uh, how the if you have, there are certain therapies like oncology. You need to uh, patients need to move towns, come and manage, stay overnight. Who is the caretaker? Who is going to accompany the associated cause and all the rest of it? When you get a complete understanding of all this, you know. You will be able to definitely uh, uh, position your product better, market it better, and that will do you a lot of good going forward. It's not very difficult. This is uh, far more easy, and you um, keep uh, beating around by uh, giving some uh, rhyme and shine and all that. That's okay. Uh, I am not trying to run down creativity here. You you need that creativity to get noticed. But then, what is far more important is what does your brand offer? What is the value proposition you are saying? I am saying brand. I mean. Uh, the molecule what it offers, and then let us take care of uh, how do I try to uh, uh, shine amongst uh, my clones in the market. You know that's a different thing. But basically, what the molecule offers in terms of value proposition to the customer and the patient, I think that has to be very clear. That has to be always measured, and that has to be a continuous process. So plans, it's a rolling plan. You know, you keep uh, doing it for uh, say. Um, uh, I got now for three months. I got something ready for even up to, as I told you, eight quarters. You know, so then I keep tweaking going as I go along. That's how brands are built. I think you just so beautifully and brilliantly, Vasan sir. I mean, I that's why I wanted to ask you this question. I know for sure that you and I have probably stirred a hornet's nest today, but that's fine because at the end of the day. the core fundamentals of marketing as you said rightly sir don't change you know everything it's it, these are the core fundamentals inciting the right brand positioning that you spoke about tactical execution is great but not cannot be sacrificed at the cost of the fundamentals sir and rightly said there is a, some word known as campaign mania there is a rush to execute rather than giving thought to what is it that we will execute first what is our story how are we going to communicate brilliantly and sir these are basic tenets of pharmaceutical marketing this can never change in fact even absolutely. in 2030 and 40 it will continue to be there sir long after you know the absolutely i think you 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 said a very powerful message vasan sir and i am thankful to you for that sir i think you i think i don't know whether you will agree with me the leadership also has to bear accountability for doing the right things and hand holding the brand managers so that they do the right things don't you agree with that also sir because they also the managers on their own also need a little bit of hand holding the leadership has to also tell them and guide them what is your take on it sir no oh, absolutely you are right i think uh, uh, i would put 80% on the leadership you know uh, because uh, uh, that's the way it is means uh, everybody wants to do a good uh, job nobody wants to come and scope a brand you know they want to they want guidance they want your uh, you know there's no point carrying uh, decades of experience if you are not able to actually hand hold and guide you know there is a 
Uh, and then the, you know, one should understand the problem as you know this uh, too much of uh, delegation also is an issue. You know, uh, you you, you uh, if you are a leader, you know you should know by and large what is to be done, and these are the issues, and I want to execute these things. So who is the right person to go and get this job done for me? And you recruit suitable people to get the job done. It's not like I don't know anything about this therapy, and uh, you know I need somebody who has worked in this area. I want to come on, come. Uh, I want to have that person on board in my team, and then he will go and discover for me. Uh, you know how I'm going to go and market this product. If that is the type of uh, attitude, the leadership uh, uh, process, then there's a problem to begin with. So. Uh, yes so what i would say is select the right uh, product, product manager with the right uh, sort of uh, aptitude uh, give them a longer stint don't ship portfolios too often uh, ask them the right question ask them to go and uh, see there are a lot of passionate young bright energetic people around that is the resource we have and uh, you know they come from all types of uh, uh, backgrounds you know you, you have to be when you say you respect diversity it is not only diversity uh, means gender it is also in terms of thinking in terms of background in terms of profile in terms of somebody may have a, a experience coming from the field somebody may come from uh, the top management institute somebody may uh, you know have had a, a experience in uh, market uh, research and they would have tried to come in I mean somebody from multinational somebody from a leading company small company big company all of them have been successful so how do you get uh, uh, those those sort of uh, it depends on what you want to execute Now, this is the right sort of a guy who can do this job for me, and then I give them this task, and I stick with that person, and I try to see and say very clearly, you know, these are the things you want to do, these are the things you want to build, and this is the way we will measure. A lot of things depends on how do you communicate, you know, how do you communicate with your team. So if you put them always on this sort of uh, the fear mode, you know, or that you may shuffle things off on, or there's a restructuring in the offering the uh, uh, every couple of years, I think. Uh, that doesn't do good for anybody so you have to have somebody has to stay with the brand for long for the brand to be uh, built and for which you need to trust and you need to own up you know if somebody uh, if there is a senior person who owns up to say that yeah if something goes wrong i am responsible let us go and do it because this is the, uh, we have analyzed enough and uh, from the available information this is the best way to go about we are sure we have done our research we have talked to the customers so that sort of a thing you know so that senior management role is very important thank you so much sir that is a real good message that you put out to the community because leadership cannot shun its responsibility they are in fact far more important in being held accountable for shaping the young marketers because they are the brand custodians and the people custodians and the organization sir so i know we are to the hour and i respect your time i have my last question before sure. we sign for this um in your entire uh, journey of 3 plus decades i i'm very sure you have not seen a more iconic moment what happened like in march last year when industry stuttered to a close it has never happened sir at least i i don't remember in my 27 28 years or maybe even before that covid could have such an impact on the industry and not just in india but globally and because of which the industry was forced to you know change its way of working calls on customers marketing etc today some of those changes we see over the past 18 20 months have are getting permanent in nature sir my my question to you is you have seen these moments and you know watershed moments in in this industry 
how do you see the future of our industry at least in the next two to three years from now? Because one is I'm looking at it from two aspects, sir. And I, if you can kindly share your one is the digital transformation piece, sir. Now everything is moving digital, but there are some schools of thought who say digital, which is physical face to face with digital. I just want to know what's your position. I know there's nothing right or wrong. And second thing, sir, I think we have always been a data-driven industry, but you know, not as much as the Western world. Now we see that data analytics as a function, as a part of commercial excellence is also gaining an extraordinary amount of importance because you see that in other industries. So what's your thought on our industry, sir? How do you think it should shape up going forward, sir? I just thought of closing our conversation. Very nice. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, the sort of, uh, uh, you know, the, the sort of, uh, impact what this pandemic has had uh, in our lives you know uh, last evening i was talking to someone i couldn't believe that uh, you know we have uh, you know managed to work from home for about uh, 18 months you know in many cases and uh, uh, you know it's a long time if somebody has told me in march 2020 that for next 18 months we'll all be working from home i think uh, say assume that there was no pandemic then i would have thought the guy has gone crazy you know how can we execute this how we can this just won't work out but somehow we have managed, you know, uh, we have coped up and uh, yeah, there have been some sort of uh, losing some colleagues or somebody getting very serious with among friends and family. That has been the sad part. But at the same time, there has been a lot of learning from an industry standpoint. If you see, we have also come through this by and large uh, successfully. One is, of course, I, I, uh, the, the, the uh, what do I say in terms of the financial part, of course, uh, you are you are a pharmaceutical industry. What uh, uh, hit us with the health uh, crisis? If uh, it doesn't help pharma, who else will uh, benefit? So investors were uh, maybe more kind to pharma companies because uh, you know they thought that these are the companies' uh, health is uh, you know almost uh, uh, recession free and uh, uh, yeah that is one one aspect. But I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is how are we transited through these 18 months? And from what we were uh, before and what we are now in terms of our practices, in terms of, uh, you know, we are, our practices, our day-to-day -day working has got impacted tremendously. Uh, so you see the way actually, uh, uh, you, you know, we, uh, the, the patients reach out to the doctors. So, uh, you know, you, 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 you not have thought that, uh, uh, you know, somebody can just phone up, do a WhatsApp call, or, uh, uh, you know, take an appointment to Practo or uh, whatever and then uh, uh, get uh, be done with that. You know, you're sitting at home and everything is done. So that is something that has come in. But uh, I would again quickly add that uh, uh, if you see the uh, legal disclaimers that are there in a, a doctor's prescription when you do this sort of a consultation also means that this consultation has got its own restrictions. It is not good all the time to go digital. Sometimes the doctor may feel, no, I need to see you physically. I need to examine you. So why don't you come up and meet me? So there is a space for physical, but a lot of follow-up visits, regular visits can be managed digitally. Now, when you manage things digitally, the way the doctors write prescription changes, you know, there are, there are you know, drop-down menus or uh, as opposed to a top-of-the-mind recall and uh, writing your brand name and uh, so uh, stuff like that. So it has affected how patients reach doctors how doctors consult and advise their patients, how medicines are prescribed, and how medicines are bought. 
So today you have got this surge of online uh, uh, pharmacies and how medicines are purchased, how medicines are distributed. So everywhere it has changed. And so much so that, you know, you, in a digital world, some companies have enabled digital calling. So uh, then how do you monitor a digital call? What is the role of a manager, uh, the, the second line manager, etc., uh, etc.? Et Even those things have undergone uh, 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 a change. So suddenly you find that the old matrices, the settled system and the settled way of operating uh, no longer uh, is entirely uh, paying uh, dividends or uh, that's, that's not the right thing to do today. And this happened uh, pretty much uh, quickly. So now, how it is going to fall in place as we go forward? I think as you said, uh, Selegi, I think it is going to be digital or partly, you know, because hybrid is what I see everywhere it's happening. So we once talked about paperless offices, you know. We use a lot of uh, electronic uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, computers, but I, I still, I think the printers do have a role in offices. So it is not like, but it has reduced, reduced by maybe 70%, 80%, but it has not gone away. So uh, you still have the uh, papers. I still sign papers in my office. It's not like I don't have, I do everything, but maybe it is far, far lesser than uh, what it used to be before. You see the way we bank. So banks are still there, uh, you know, but we do a lot of digital banking as well. So you do you shopping. So, uh, you know, I still remember there was a book which uh, came about sometime in uh, late 90s, Reimagining the Future. And, uh, uh, you know, it said about whether we will have uh, uh, shops at all. Uh, you know, people will be doing only online uh, shopping with this dot-com and all that. But today we do a lot of stuff. We buy online. We also go out, you know, it's a different experience today. You know, doctor meetings, conventions, events, yeah, they, they can adapt. You know, sometimes it is like, look, I'm going, just going to do one hour of webinar from home. I see patients before that, and I quickly go on to see patients later. But sometimes they feel like, no, I just want to go out and meet people. You know, my mood is such that I just want to go and catch up with my friends and all that. So I think it will, it will by and large, settle into a, a, a hybrid mode. And we should also be very sensitive how do I actually manage this hybrid scenario? It is still an evolving scenario. And uh, how, do I, how do I make sure that my in the digital medium, I am quite uh, uh, heard and I'm also relevant. See, that's what it is. It's not about sheer noise. Uh, you know, Teleji, we were talking about uh, this uh, uh, campaign mania or this hurry to execute. I can understand because there is so much of, you know, you are measured more often. Uh, you know, there's a quarterly review and all that. So you want to execute something. But, uh, 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 you know, but at the same time, like, uh, you actually need to know whether what you're executing is right and whether this is the right thing to do. So similarly, you do your uh, physical meets, you do your digital meets, but then understand your customer where he is looking for a physical meet where he is doing for a digital meet. It's not just a question of convenience, availability, and time. It is also a question of what type of events you want to do digitally, what type of events you want to do digitally, what type of patients you want to do digitally, what type of patients you want to see digitally. So once you get deep into his mind and understand all this, you will, you and me will be able to position our products better. Our offering will be more relevant because relevance is, is the key. I can do 100 things, but if most of them are not relevant, Okay, it will make some impact. But if I do a few things, but they are highly relevant to his practice and adding value, it will make a big difference. 
So uh, that is what I see the thing uh, evolving up. So you know, uh, it is still uh, uh, the industry has thrown up uh, something uh, which is more challenging and interesting and exciting for the new set of marketers out there uh, to uh, you know now uh, face up to this challenge and come out uh, successful. We can have new leaders uh, who have understood this game uh, better. And uh, yes, having said all that, this is about uh, the way we go about from the industry. But from a patient standpoint, this is my personal view that yes, we saw during COVID, you know, there were these jumbo care centers which offered a, a standard fare. This is the what of uh, this is the uh, recommended treatment treatment guideline. And you go there, this is what everyone will get. That was good compared to some standalone. Uh, nursing homes uh, managing with uh, uh, sort of a very skeletal staff or whatever doctor was available, not well experienced. But, you know, they dished out maybe far uh, poorer results than what uh, the jumbo centers with a standard care and controlled, uh, uh, you know, could deliver. Uh, but however, the jumbo centers were not uh, good enough when it came to outliers, when it came to patients who had uh, uh, severe comorbidities and uh, who are really on the edge and uh, you know who needed that specialized uh, uh, treatment or that lateral thinking uh, with an individual doctor because they don't now stick on to any fixed formula that you give this protocol medical science requires a lot of lateral thinking you know it's not like okay now when some of these offerings came to me it was very funny that uh, whenever a patient came with these sort of complaints this is what you diagnose and this is what you gave so I go with this digital footprint and say, doctor, this will be your prescription. I think that is crazy because, you know, there are our, our, our body's vocabulary is very limited. So it can say a headache or a nausea or, a, uh, you know, diarrhea or vomiting. It can't go beyond that. But there are thousands of diseases underneath this. So uh, if uh, so, digital footprint is okay if you are talking uh, in terms of patient treatment for a general standard care. But... If you want that unique attention, wherein you may be a particular person who has got, because we also read and study that we are all very unique. We, our, our, we have our own specific levels of biomarkers, our metabolic rates are different. So then I need a doctor who understands all this and gives a solution for me. So yes, in a, in a, in a large primary care setup, digital healthcare helps, uh, but at the same time, Again, there again, it is going to be hybrid because for certain patients, I think uh, the algorithm can't tell very clearly what is the yeah. best uh, treatment option. So there you need to, uh, you know, uh, trust on that X factor, what the doctor brings with his uh, experience, uh, judgment and uh, skills into place. Absolutely. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a good valid point that you mentioned in terms of the pros and the cons of, you know, both digital versus the physical piece. And I think it's, it's, there's not going to be a clear answer. We're still evolving, as we say. Sir, we are, we, in the 80s, we evolved from product-centric marketing model to then late 90s of CRM model, customer relationship. Then came the patient-centricity model of specialty selling. Now, I think, do you think we're moving into the digital transformation model? Do you think it will mature and it will become better for our industry? What's your quick take on that? Do you think it will be here? You know, somewhere I studied, or uh, rather I read that uh, uh, the CXOs or the, uh, you know, the... the, the uh, uh, the sort of the digital guys are replacing the marketing uh, people. Yes. Uh, yes. But uh, what I feel, I mean, you know, it's uh, only time will tell. Uh, but what I feel is still digital is a medium. 
let's not forget that digital by itself is not a message your medium has changed because everything today the world runs with a phone you know this mobile phone controls everything so you are able to access the customer your consumer very very easily very quickly get this insights are we doing justice to that in terms of gathering insights that's a separate issue but you are able to access somebody anywhere any time no longer out of office uh, replies you know you are there on office 24 by 7 and uh, uh, you know with this outsourcing and whatever we are talking you know you can uh, uh, sit in the case of afghanistan and knock out uh, somebody of their job in uh, times square or uh, you know new york so we are so much connected digitally uh, but again digital is a medium digital is not a message so that i think is very very important to note so i have to liberate this medium because it has got huge advantages and it is impacting people's lives it is impacting our customers lives the way they behave it is impacting the patient's lives the way they seek information and all that but still the message what goes through digitally is more important it's very very important so what somebody went uh, you know uh, door by door uh, to the doctor's clinic to share uh, some information about the product is now can be done very quickly in a far more larger scale in a short span of time but then what do you put there is going to because there is going to be a deluge people are going to get sick i don't longer see many of my messages you know there is there is overkill of information so somebody is going to get very discerning to say these are the messages i am going to see these are the messages i just going to drop looking at the name who has sent it now again there is it is crowded and what differentiates the quality of your message the relevance of your message relevance the content yeah so Absolutely. again and again you got run away from the fact you need to understand your customer you need to read their mind constantly you need to uh, understand their new challenges what they are facing in their practice and then adapt yourself very very quickly so they told it's more like a t20 game you know you need to adapt you need to you need to quickly think on your feet uh, but at the same time yes message what you are giving should be relevant and uh, it, it should add value to the uh, 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 you know to the doctor and his patient uh, because you know you can give uh, wishes on his birthday anniversary all that are great fantastic but believe me hundred others are going to do the same thing and beyond a point they are also designing they understand you are doing all this because uh, you know you want the scriptures but when you actually give them teach them new skill uh, you know uh, give them an experience of how to diagnose things uh, uh, from a new perspective with an expert speaking new techniques uh, uh, new tools i think that he is going to remember for a lifetime lifetime Mr. Vasu, it's been absolutely a pleasure talking to you over the last hour and twenty minutes, and I was looking forward to this conversation because I think coming from you, who is one of the biggest marketing gurus in the industry that I, the industry has seen, known, and personally I have known you for over I think almost two decades. It's been a fantastic experience talking to you, sir. Tapping into your you know deep knowledge and experience reserves. how you build brands and putting out some strong messages for our marketers community in fact our community is thousand strong and you know uh, we, it's only growing by the day we have brand managers marketing heads gpms commercial directors business unit heads and even vp clusters who regularly log into our channel 
both uh, you know the youtube and the spotify channel listen to the podcast so it's going through all the digital medium but as you rightly said it's the content and it's the relevance and not just the you know the and the message which is important so it's been fantastic i sincerely thank you that you know you are being you're a guru for all of us there is no no not at all I, as i said you are you are an institution of marketing there is no doubt all those of our era and also those who have seen you worked with you have the highest regards and respect for you sir thank you so much for coming on to our platform sincere honest thank you it's great to have you on our show sir and before we sign off any last closing messages for the generation of marketers would only be apt sir in the next couple of minutes although we have run out of time Any question? Any last closing messages, sir? Sure. So, okay. First of all, uh, thank you, Salehji. I mean, so I think you have been very, very liberal with your words, uh, and I don't know truly whether I deserve all of them. Honestly, I am very humbled. I am uh, pretty much a uh, little bit embarrassed as well. But I should tell you that you know, I know you uh, for a long time. Your achievements uh, are no less in the industry, and uh, I am happy to see you in this uh, role where uh, you are taking it up very passionately to help a lot of budding. Uh, marketeers budding marketeers in the pharma industry uh, which is uh, pretty much laudable and uh, yes i think uh, what is my uh, final parting word i would say that there are a lot of bright young energetic people out there and they all want to make an impact they are committed so uh, i think this passion with this passion if they work and work to make an impact don't chase designations you know like i want to become a general manager i want to become a vice president forget all that you are being assigned a job do that job say that i want to be the best in my job and i want to do it very passionately very very uh, you know i want i want to make an impact i will make an impact in this job and then move on to my next job so before i make an impact i am not going to uh, you know uh, shift uh, like uh, you know the rolling stone uh, so uh, yeah i know that there are so many other things which need to come together but then don't worry about what is happening uh, to your peers etc take a job make an impact and then move on to another job uh, and ask always uh, you know for uh, roles which you have not done before maybe a lateral movement into something else uh, you know uh, to understand uh, uh, you know there are a lot of allied functions you know there are some specialized functions like uh, uh, you know which one may not like you can get into r and d even if you want to if you are uh, from sales marketing but at the same time uh, you know there are a lot of business development types and uh, uh, you know there are allied functions today we were talking about how people are hesitant to move from marketing to sales uh, but uh, you know there is digital marketing that is opening up in many companies uh, as a department and uh, there is market research there is big data as you said uh, you know data analytics department is opening up try to get that wide exposure and try to make a difference bring out uh, the industry is always calling for people who can make a difference meaningful difference relevant difference and then you keep building your career and then you know you don't know how 35 years have passed and you look back and see that uh, you know you have come a long way and uh, you know you enjoy your journey you are happy you are contented and uh, you know I, i i would say that this is what i would expect from my team to do don't get anxious everybody has uh, you know space under this uh, uh, sun and uh, we will have our time uh, to shine so there is no problem at all but then try to make a difference in the job what you have got in hand and that by itself will take you uh, higher and it is all between you and your job and uh, nothing else matters you know to an extent 
Thank you so much, sir, for those closing remarks. It's been uh, it's a very, very apt and relevant event today. And I think those are the learnings of life, sir. Whether it is now or ever, it, those are learnings for life to be passionate, to be committed, to be inquisitive, you know, have filled with learning. Don't be designation focused. Very rightly said, in the rush to grow, you have to learn as well and you grow. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir, for your time and for spending your evening with us. It's been wonderful having with you. And I look forward to our continued association in the future as well. Have well, a thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. It's my pleasure. It's a pleasure and honor to have been invited. And uh, thanks a lot. And uh, I tell you, intellect test is actually, uh, you know, making the difference, you know, because uh, you know what your positioning is and what you're offering to your uh, esteemed customers. Uh, thank you very much, Sailiji. Wish you all the best. My pleasure, sir. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you.